Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Talon T. Taylor, and we are back. We we have a whole lineup left for you today. Yeah, we got the weekend to recap. We got to we talk about a local beef that went bad. We get to talk boats, holes, and the sheriff. And we get to break down a bunch of different aspects for the NFL. But you know what I say? We're going to the top. And we're going to the weather. It's always a good time to talk some sports. So let's wake and take. Once again, welcome back. And thank you for listening to the Body Sports Minute. As I said, I am your host, Tyler Taylor. And we're going to start the show off by getting into an interesting fact. Well, something interesting, I guess, about your... You know, you, you're a superstar of the NBA. You're Mr. Shining Bright. Well, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach because I'm the best player in the world. I'm a huge basketball IQ. Mr. I'm going to take my talents to South Beach himself, Mr. LeBron James. Because, I mean, listen, I know what you're probably thinking. Here he goes again, talking about LeBron James. And here he goes again, getting ready to bash LeBron James. And... You know what? Listen, if you don't know the history between me and LeBron, or my issue with LeBron, then you, then you already know. And I have a long-standing hatred. I, just, I don't want to say hatred. Hatred may be a strong word to use. Let's say disdain, maybe. But I have a long-standing hatred for LeBron. So I can understand you thinking, okay, here comes another LeBron bashing moment. You know, like, like, it's LeBron's fault that in a cold night in Germany that they decided to play his junior high school game instead of the next game. That's not his fault. You know, it's not his fault that he's been one of the most overhyped wingman. Like, I couldn't even say wingman. Like, side pieces of of ever. Like, I've, been, I've told y'all this before, and I'm going to tell you this again. He's, he's really just a better Pippin. That's all he is. At the end of the day, he's really just a, he's really a psychic. He's better... Playing with somebody that he is being a man himself. And say what you want. He's kind of proved it. But we're not here to talk about the many. And when I say many. I mean many. Of LeBron James transgressions. Miss faults. Uh, miss uh, faults and mishaps. So. Let me also take this qu- a quick minute. To apologize to you. If I sound a little stuffy, if I sound a little nasally, if you hear me wheezing, if I hear me sneeze or cough, I'm a little under the weather today. I don't know what happened. I was good all weekend. You heard, yeah, you heard me. I was good all weekend. All of a sudden, I woke up for Monday, and I still felt sick. And you know what it is? I, I think, I think, I, I think I got sick thinking about going to work. You know, you know how it is when you're doing something that you don't really kind of want to do yet, because you ain't quite where you want to be. But I digress. We were talking about LeBron. So, there's something very interesting going on with LeBron James. And it may go unnoticed for right now. And it may not even be talked about to the end of the year. So, LeBron James right now is currently averaging about 25 points per game, right? Which is sitting him at around, well... It may not be 25 points a game anymore, granted that performance that he put up against Detroit the other night. But 
it still may weigh itself out because he put up a basketball performance against Oklahoma City night before that. So LeBron James is currently averaging about, like I said, 25 points a game, uh, about fifth in the league. But more importantly, as far as scoring goes, I'm not quite sure that you realize that out of LeBron James keeps up the current pace that he has now until the end of the season that he is going to jump about seven spots in the all-time scoring rankings to put him right around, if not like number 11 in score, but push him just into the top 10 of score. You know, and and if I'm not mistaken, I believe it pushes him right above Oscar Robinson. That's if I'm not mistaken. Who number 10 was. Could be a Kim Olajuwon. one. Could have been one of those guys. Who knows? But, yeah, if he keeps up this pace, he's going to go down as, he's going to finish this season, his 13th season, as a top 10 scorer in the league already. Now, here's where, I guess, the the scoring watch of LeBron, for me, I guess, starts to come come into play. Because if LeBron James can manage to average 2,000 more points, or I shouldn't say 2,000 more points, but 2,000 points per season for the next five seasons after this, then LeBron James is going to go down in history as the all-time scoring leader. So, yes, in case you didn't realize where he's at, he is sitting right around 29,000. Well, by the end of the season, he'll be sitting right around 29,000 points. And 2,000 points per season for five more seasons gives him another additional 10,000 points, which pushes him right over that 38,383 point mark that is being held currently right now. So, the only thing about it is that, can he maintain it? Because, as I mentioned before, this is LeBron James' 13th season. Which means that he would need to maintain this kind of performance until he's played his 18th season in the NBA. Which means all the way up to the age of, what is it, 35? Now, not saying that that's impossible, but I'm pretty sure that it may be the same kind of number, timeline, or progression that Kobe was looking at at some point in time when he was getting within that five-year range of the scoring title. Or that 10,000 mark range of that scoring title. I'm pretty sure Kobe thought, hey, all I need. And probably part of the reason that that probably motivated him for a couple more of these years to try to be something productive. Is, can I get that scoring title? You already know Kobe's already top five in scoring. He's already passed Michael Jordan in scoring. And let let me be a little bit more specific. He is top three in scoring. 
because Jordan is level four, and that's the person that he passed. So we're really talking about Carbolod and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The only two people ahead of Kobe. And Kobe in 20 years still couldn't manage to trump that 38,383 mark. Because it's a little harder than what it seems like. Because, yeah... As we look at it now, it was probably saying, okay, into the season, he needs to put up 2,000 more points, you know, or just 10,000 more points, 2,000 per season. But that's also projected that he's also playing 82 games a season. Even 80 at that. Anything less, and now he has to start putting up more numbers. If he has an off season. Any one of them seasons, he's put he puts up twenty points per game or per season. Then you realize that now he's now he's extended how long he has to play just to catch that number. Only thing about I guess the slight difference between uh, I'm gonna say with Kobe and LeBron is that and, and see, I don't want to say this because until Kobe started getting injured, I never saw Kobe's injuries coming, especially to. You know, to hinder him to this extent at the tail end of his career. So, with LeBron, you wonder when the tail end of his career comes to comes to fruition, is he gonna look more like Kobe, or he's gonna look like Jordan? Well, as you guys know, how great Jordan was to be able to put up the numbers that he did in his final portion of his career. Also, playing as many college games that he played. So, LeBron James has a very unique and interesting pace. Where, if he's able to maintain his supremacy as king, as he truly says he is, then 10,000 points should not be that hard for the next five seasons for the reigning defending Mr. I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. Because I'm the best player in the world. I have a huge basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. And talk about basketball IQs. Right? I, I find it funny that the Bulls, that this year that they struggle and their transgressions over the years of why they couldn't make it over the hump has been blamed on their head coach, on their former head coach, Tom Thibodeau. But yet, all Tom Thibodeau had to work with was a broken Derrick Rose. Because you see how he was able to get almost anybody that he needed to to come in there and play. How many different point guards came in there, beat the B.J. Augustines, and the countless others, the Nate Robinsons of the world. <coughs> the Kurt Heinrichs. How many of them did he get to come in and be productive? Bring his Bulls to 50, 60 wins in a season. Just to get knocked out because they don't have their healthy, rated, defended MVP. 
and Derrick Rose. So the Bulls are falling apart. They're struggling. Right? They're blaming it on injuries. But yet when Tom Thibodeau was there, that's all he dealt with was injuries. And all he did was find a way to win with his best player injured every single season. And yet he's out the door. Now is he out the door? Why is he not getting more full calls? And why isn't he a coach for the Knicks? You know what? We're going to cut the commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get into something that happened for the first time ever. Or at least it sounds like it did. And are we accepted as long as Gronk is being Gronk? We'll touch on this later. being ripped off by those other guys and head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more and And welcome back, and thank you for listening to the Mighty Sports Minute. Again, I is I am your host, Tyler Taylor. And the NFL, the NFL offseason is here, and we're at a we're at this weird point right now where we're we're in this combine, and so we're gonna talk NFL, but we're not gonna talk the combine. And we're not going to talk about last season. We're not going to talk about the playoffs. We're not going to talk about the Super Bowl. Who we are going to talk about, though, is... The sheriff himself, Mr. Peyton Manning. And... It makes it makes me wonder. With, I guess this the off season officially started, right? Because you could say it's officially started. NFL has suspended you know their first set of players for for drug abuse and drug addiction. You know, big ups to Cowboys. You know, defensive end. You know, he couldn't he couldn't hold off on the weed and the combine where he was in, and two years later he still hasn't been able to. So. That portion of the season has started where the NFL is starting doing their suspensions, their Friday suspensions. Also, we're about two weeks removed from the Super Bowl. But what that means is that we're just about two weeks away from where teams need to decide if they're gonna if they're gonna sign players underneath contract already or re-sign players, or if they're gonna let them go. This is no more important than for Mr. Peyton Bannon himself. At the end of the season, Peyton Bannon is set, or if they 
keep him signed in the next 13, 14 days, I think they are set to pay, pay him at about $18 million for the next year. Guaranteed fully, 100%. Cash shape. And if they don't want to pay him, they have to cut him. So, Peyton Manning has not announced his retirement as of yet. And everybody in the world, every commentator, every analyst, every radio per except for one, I should possibly say Golik. Mike Golik has not called for this man's retirement, but just about everybody else has. And what I want to, I guess, find out more than anything is, can, can we picture ourselves seeing Peyton Manning in a third uniform for his career? Because it was hard enough to picture him in a, in a place outside of Indianapolis, right? But at the end of the day, you kind of figured... You know what? If you were going to leave Indy at the tail end of your career to go hop on to another franchise to try to possibly chase a ring, what better you know scenario or guidance to do it under than somebody who was in the same exact situation as you and pulled it off successfully? So I guess the question, ultimate question here is that can we picture Payne Manning and playing for another team? Because I am just like about 99% of the world. I want to see Peyton Manning retire. Not because I don't like Peyton Manning. It's because I don't like Peyton Manning how he played last year. It's like Kobe. I don't like this year's Kobe. Like, I don't like this past year's Peyton Manning. They stunk. Like, do you, do you understand? Like, see, Denver didn't quite stink. Like, because Denver had a great defense. So this is why, this is where you understand of how much more football is a team game, more than basketball is a team game. Where one player on a basketball game, right, becomes 20% of your offense, 20% of your defense automatically because they're, they're one out of five starters, right? And then based off of the, if they're your superstar or not, or their usage rate, they become a lot more of your offense. And if they're a guy like Paul George, and who's responsible for locking down the T's best defender, then they become a lot more responsible for their defense more than that's that they're obligated 20% while they're on the court. Well, with Denver, we see the complete opposite. As much as they talk about the quarterback and the quarterback position and how important it is to have a quarterback, yeah, it was good to have a quarterback, but it was a whole lot better to have a great defense. It was a whole lot better to have a couple of wide receivers that when they got the ball into open in open coverage, they could make plays. You know, it, it helped. All of those things helped. And... Peyton Manning didn't, didn't help his team look any better. He was actually the only reason that his team looked like they struggled half the time. So, can we see Peyton Manning in another uniform? Or is it just time for him to flat out retire? I say retire. Again. But what if? What if? Think about, like I said, Peyton Manning isn't the first quarterback to, to, I guess, to be carried by his defense to a Super Bowl. 
but I guess if you were to have an insufficient quarterback, wouldn't you want the one that basically knows just about everything from the quarterback position? So as we sit here and we talk about Peyton Manning possibly retiring, what if Peyton Manning came to your team? Buffalo, Miami, Jets, Philly, Jaguars, maybe not the Jaguars as much because they have an up and coming. But what if Peyton Manning came there? Houston with their defense. Jets with their defense. Bills with their defense. Miami with their highly with their no their known named known K N O W N known named defensive players. What if? What if Peyton Batten decides to not retire? We don't see Denver giving him that money. And I don't see Peyton Bannon saying that, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and pass up this 18 mil guarantee. He's passed up a lot of money this last season. Made it back up in the Super Bowl by winning, but passed up a lot of money. Decent amount of money. Good enough amount of money. Leave a comment below. We have a comment section for this. Leave a comment below and tell me. If Peyton Manning is not retired, what team would you like to see him on? Where do you think that he can go and recapture success? I'm I, I talking about full onslaught success because you have to remember, if you are getting Peyton Manning, you have to think, it was like Brett Favre in those tail end, year, tail end of his career, it's going to be year to year to year to year. Except for Peyton Manning, it's too much of a man and a professional to come up with excuses to not want to go through mini camp and training camp and OTAs, you know he'll just he'll just tough it out and go through the motions. But what if he's on another team? Who is he? Who is he being productive for? One, who has a defense out there that Peyton Manning can just use his knowledge of the game? To just kind of flick the ball around. Because you have to remember, it's, it's a lot more than just his old age. He, the ball isn't getting to places where it needs to get to as far as distance goes. And if anybody remembers how Chad Pennington was played for almost a decade, he was always played with the knowing that he cannot go over the top of you. And Peyton Manning, in the latter part of his career, not only can he not go over the top, but the ball has a little less zip on it, and it's a little bit more wobbly. And usually that should be enough for any other elite defense to be able to capture him, you know, to, to be able to capture victories from him. But they, they did it. They just did it. They didn't do it last year. So if Peyton Manning doesn't retire, who and where would you like to see him play for? Because I don't know. I'm a Jets fan. And... I don't know if I would want Peyton Manning for on a one-year rental. I don't know. Now, Peyton Manning with Fitzpatrick? And Bryce Petty? Yeah. 
Now that's a quarterback tandem I don't mind. As a backup is a backup and a backup plan. Now I'm curious about something that's going on in the NFL right now, and and I don't know if this is gonna be a trend that's gonna last forever. Well, I shouldn't say even forever, but he's gonna last this year. With the NFL slowly changing, right, becoming this passing league, more than ever, we have been seeing a slew of wide receivers taken early. And I don't know if, if, if this is a trend that should continue. Only because... Last year's wide receiver core did not match up to the year before's. So, so what I'm curious about is, is this push in wide receivers that we saw last year, is, is it going to be a trend again that follows this year? And I want to know if last year's trend, was that a result of the NFL trending to a more passing league? Or was it a factor of the fact that 2014's wide receiving class was so prominent and dominant that everybody thought that, oh, wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers, we could get, we could capture, and we could duplicate wide receivers. You understand if, you're, if they're starting to think of wide receivers a little bit, how they how they, how they have they been undervaluing running backs? And they're starting to think that wide receivers can just grow anywhere. Hopefully, it's, and it, and it may be a weird combination. Like I said, I, it, it could be one of those, what I like to call, I guess, perfect timing things. Where the league did switch over to something that is, to a more passive product. But, not only was there a passive product that they're now trying to sell, but... At the same time, that 2014 wide receiving class showed out. We're talking about Evans, Benjamin, the kid in Miami, Stills, all kinds of wide receivers all over the place. Last year, the only wide receiver that, that ended up showing up was Mari Cooper. Yep, for Oakland. There's. Whew. That was tough. That, that, that was kind of hard on the lungs. I told you, I'm a little under the weather. Long with it, things like that, I am incapable of right about now. I may have to go hit the inhaler during the next commercial break. Which actually is coming up pretty soon. A lot sooner than I thought it would. So, I wonder, is, that wide receiver, is the wide receiver push real? Because this, this draft, more than anything, I guess I'm going to be looking to see how many wide receivers go in the first and second round. Because it seems to be that that's where the trend is being pushed to. And, I guess, you know, we gonna see. that's it. Like, because wide receivers are needed in the NFL now. Like, you need, you need all kinds of wide receivers in the NFL now. You need guys that are able to play between the numbers. You need guys that are able to play along the sideline. And you need a guy that's able to take the roof off the top of the, top of the defense. 
And also, you don't see the athlete that has created open space when he catch short passes. So, 2014's draft class shined. 2015's wide receiver draft class was highly mediocre. And I'm talking about, listen, the Jets got one of these guys that were hyped up. Couldn't stay healthy to save his life or relevant. Let's see what 2016's wide receiver draft class produces. Because, like I said, and this, and this is the trend that we're talking about. And I don't even know if there's eight wide receivers that can be gotten in this coming up draft. But we're talking about, yeah, like we should start seeing like about, like on average, eight wide receivers taking every first round of every draft for the next five years. If this is where the NFL is truly going to, where they need to find a wide receiver, they're going to go. And you know what's going to go along right with them? Quarterbacks. Oh, man. Like I said, yeah, well, we're going to take a quick, we're going to take this quick commercial break. And as I said, when we come back, we're actually we're going to talk about, like I said, something that happened for the first time ever. I, mean, I don't even know if it was ever, but it happened for the first time. Uh, at least something like it happened for the first time. Uh, we may get into the NBA self-free agency, and we still got to talk about that party boat. Boats and hoes. Boats and hoes. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done, and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. Welcome back. This is the Body Sports Minute. I'm your host, Tyler Taylor. So, over the weekend, a bunch of things happened, right? And none of them were interested. At least positively interested. Now, as I told you, something happened for the first time ever. Or at least it kind of sounds like it did. So over the weekend, Bellator's fighter decided to have this big old fighting extravaganza. The local kid, Kimbo Slice, versus Dada 5000. And if you're wondering, who in the world is Dada 5000? I've never heard of him in my life, and that is because he is relatively a nobody. He absolutely does not matter, even if his last name was Matter. Dada 5000. A friend of mine told us uh, Dada Soul. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So, 
I don't know if you know a little bit about the backstory that comes behind this. That Kimbo Slice. Like I said, I'm locally from down here. I've run into Kimbo Slice a couple times. Kimbo Slice. If you've never seen him, let's say, like, on on the Tough Enough Ultimate Fighter or anywhere else, you see him, see him talk. He's a very humble dude. Right? Very generous. Very given. Karen, cool, fun to be around with. Like I said, I, I've ran into him at bars and just had him flat out come and be like, hey, everybody in this little corner right here, I'm buying drinks for. You know what I mean? Like, he knew one of my, he, like, he was, he was really good friends with one of my female cousins. Not quite sure of how they were good friends, but listen, you got to take the good with the bad. And hopefully she wasn't taking some good or some bad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm mad. I don't know. I'm just talking smack. So, so here we go. And so Donna 5000 is a guy that used to be in Kimbo Slice's crew. Now, Kimbo Slice, as I said, he is, he is one of the most humble guys I know. Kimbo Slice made his claim to fame through the street fights, basically. The, the taped street fights that became a YouTube sensation, right? So much so that the UFC actually decided to give him a contract based off his buzz. His career didn't last too long because people realized very quick all you had to do to beat Kimbo Slice was lay on him. And while it doesn't make for entertaining fights, if the guy that you're fighting does not know how to recover from being taken to the ground, then guess what? You lay on him. So, Donna 5000 was a guy in Kimbo Slice's crew when Kimbo was doing these backstreet balls. Kimbo actually, you know, as I said, became a professional fighter. Laughed it alone a little bit, you know. Well, his friend Dada 5000, bodyguard, guy from the streets, whatever you want to call him, decides that he wants to pick up the street fight game himself. Grows the beard out, couple of tattoos, gold grill. And now we have a chubby Kimbo Slice in Dada 5000. So, Donna 5000 now starts talking smack to Kimbo Slice. You know, taking his, his identity, his persona, his, basically, basically his money cow and, and imitated, you know, what Kimbo was. Uh, at least that's how Kimbo felt. So, there's a beef. There's a real beef that actually starts to brew. Between the streets of in Miami, between Donna 5000 and Kimbo Slice. So, Kimbo Slice realizing that he is now worth a whole lot more money than the money that he generated from these backyard brawls. Realizing that he can't just go out and just fight Donna 5000 in the middle of the streets and ruin his reputation, money, or chances to make money. So, what does he do? He finds a way to get Donna 5000 signed to Bellator fighting. So that they can have an organized, sanctioned fight. Or, at least, on the card, they were going to have an organized, sanctioned fight. Because once they stepped into the ring, wasn't anything 
organized about this fight. The reason I say that something happened for the first time, or at least it seems that it did, because I can't remember the last time that that a no name that that a no name local fighter got some no name local kid a contract just so that they can go fight in the ring. But instead of Kimbo Slice looking like the guy that has been in UFC and been in MMA and been fighting now for <coughs> excuse me for God knows how long, he looked just as bad. As the rookie down at 5,000. Like, you have to understand, Kimo Slice did not look like he grew any since the moment that you saw him on Tough Enough. He actually looked like he, he, that he has actually taken steps backwards because he has gotten slower and he doesn't throw punches anymore. He is no longer aggressive and he doesn't look like he has that power anymore. And by the second round, end of the first, this had to be one of the most sloppiest fights I have ever witnessed in my life. Like, you understand. That the first Tough Enough main event fight with Anthony Bonner and, um, oh crap, I forget his name. That involved, that, that involved Anthony Bonner. Do you remember that fight of how they were tired, and but they were still swinging, but they were connected and both faces were bloody? Well now, picture two guys out of shape, swinging and not connected. And when they do, they are so feather-like that you couldn't knock out a toddler. And yet, Kimbo Slice still manages to put together the proper combination to send Dada so sorry, Dada five thousand flying. I should have say flying, maybe scrambling, falling like a chicken with his head cut off. Seriously, he looked like a cat that was trying to find his favorite sleeping spot before finally settling in. That's how out of it he was on his feet. He circled the octagon and then pff, face plant. <coughs> <coughs> My apologies, my apologies. So, here we go. This is what happens. They fight, and Kimmel Slice gets a victory. But, to be honest with you, like that alone, to show that Kimmel Slice has not grown one bit, I will never pay to see a Kimmel Slice ever fight ever again. And I need to pay for that one. Like, I just happened to catch it on the screen that I was at, at the bar that I was at playing, playing pool. So, because I don't want to talk about how horrible that fight is anymore because, like I said, a lot of things happened over the weekend and makes me kind of curious. So as we know, like, the Knicks, the Knicks have fired their head coach, Derek Fisher, got their new one, and Ramsey. And Derek Fisher is getting fixed or is getting is getting fired because he couldn't figure out what to do with this team. And a lot of Knicks fans have been 
clamoring and hoping for the, the fire of Derek Fisher. And I've been saying, you can't play what you don't have. And you, you, and you can't win if you don't have the talent. And the Knicks show again that they just don't have the necessary talent that it's going to take to compete in this league. I don't want to call this a last-minute desperation move because I don't think that they did this to think that this is going to take them over the top. More than they did it to evaluate the talent of this guy and how they and how he would work in their system. Over the weekend, the Knicks go out and they signed Jimmy for that. Right? So now, the Knicks have four point guards on their roster. Right? They have Jimmy Finette. Grant, Galloway, and Calderon. Four point guards. Those four point guards the other day versus Atlanta. Got, were demolished from oh man. We're talking about call the roll with no points. Galloway barely put up anything. Grant, now see, now, and I'm gonna go to the side a little bit. Everybody wants Grant to progress, but Grant hasn't quite shown that he has, I guess, whatever it takes to take that next step. So, what I am glad to see now is that when Grant isn't in the game, that the coach has him sitting beside one of the assistant coaches, you know? And that coach is in his ear. And he's telling him what to do, and he's putting out things on the floor, and they're seeing the game, and bringing out the game in live, in live time. But other than that, like, the Knicks point guard play stinks. Like, there's nothing else positive that you can say. Four point goals that barely that barely accounted for twenty points, right? Four point guards that couldn't even give you a total of ten assists. Four point guards that could barely get you six rebounds. The Knicks have a whole lot more to worry about this season. And probably people think they are. And who knows, maybe Grant comes back next year and that's where he makes his big jump. But as I've been saying this season, I'm going to continue to say, the Knicks aren't a playoff team and they can't keep trying to make moves to make it seem like they're going to be because it's not going to work. And they're going to have to hope that when everybody has money next year, that somebody says... You know what? We want to go to New York. Because I really don't see why. So, this Friday is, com Friday is coming up, or the weekend is coming up. And if you're like me, every once in a while on a Friday, 
you kind of get stuck just trying to figure out what it is that you're going to do for that weekend. Well, you know what it is. Don't get stuck trying to figure out what to do on a Friday again. Stop worrying. Stop thinking. Head down to Capone's nightclub in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Go find DJ Scepter. Mix it in the lounge room so you can start dancing and start drinking. Yep, that's DJ Scepter. Every Friday from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies bring your sexy, fellas bring your swag. It's going down at Capone's. Let's get it on. <laughs> so. Also, okay, so I want to touch on this really quick before we go back into the NBA. Gronk may have figured out the most brilliant way to get by the rules and to keep himself out of trouble than anybody else ever witnessed ever. Like, do you understand that instead of saying, I'm going to have a party in my house, or I'm going to go out, or I'm going to go and get VIP here or VIP there, where you still succumb to the, where you can still be, you know, the victim of a bunch of unruly drugs that you don't want to deal with. How about you just buy or just get your own boat for that weekend and have your own boat party? And you take it into slightly international waters where alcohol and drugs and everything else that you could possibly imagine is legal, including offering people $10,000 to have sex in public, which, yes, I would have done. I'm just saying. It's brilliant. The only thing I'm curious about is that I wonder if that... As long as it's Gronk, I know because it gets it gets caught up as, as Gronk being Gronk, right? And I have no problem with it, so that's not where I'm going with this. Gronk's actions always gets always gets tossed up as Gronk being Gronk, Barkley being Barkley, whoever being whoever. And what I'm curious to find out is that are we okay with these guys' behavior? As long as it's always the big, goofy, dumb-witted, lovable character, because the because it seems to be that the moment that, that we are showed the confident, you know, outlandish, abrasive, outspoken person, that we shun them. But as long as we think that that person is is dumb and fun and impressionable, we're okay with it. Now, we get to talk about what we want to talk about. So, the NBA, in the last, let's say, 10 years, right? You know what? I don't want to talk about that yet. Let's go here. I told you not much happened over the weekend. 
And I'll be in Florida a little bit. I mean, the only fight that... I mean, the, 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 the fight wasn't the only interesting thing that happened this weekend. Also, Anthony Davis put up 50-plus points in the in the... You know, put 50 points, points against the team, you know, in a game the other day. And it makes me wonder that, I shouldn't say it makes me wonder, but what did it make me realize? Not only is Anthony Davis supposedly the next big thing in the NBA, but he is also... Let's not forget the number one pick in the draft. Also, let's not forget, he just signed a $150 million five-year contract, which makes him the highest paid player in the NBA. So, he's the number one pick and the highest paid player in the NBA. He is supposedly now the next big thing. And we just saw that he could put up 50-something points. I wonder how long it's going to take before we start calling him out. Before he starts getting called out for what he needs to be called out for. Or what everybody else in his position gets called out for. And that is, and that is for him being highly paid being the number one guy and not winning because his team is even struggling with playoffs. Making the playoffs at that. So, if Anthony Davis is the number one player in the league, right, or the highest paid player in the league as a number one pick, being able to put up 50, is he, is he not talked about because... It's kind of understood that the only reason he's the highest paid player in the league is because we all knew that the salary cap was going to take a massive jump. And to lock up players like him, you wanted to guarantee them their money and money in the long run, which is probably a reason why you haven't seen a lot of free agency moves this year. People have already locked, locked up all their obligations and the people that they really, really want. They're looking forward to, you know, anybody else that can't get locked up isn't going to get locked up and they're going to take their money under the free agent market. So. I'm pretty sure it's because of the it's because of the weird timing of it, of why he's not being called out. Or is it? Over the last 10 seasons. Right? There has been 20 spots, technically 20 teams, that have made it to the NBA Finals. Right? Out of those 20 spots, there's only been 9 teams that have occupied those 20, those 20 slots. Lakers, Boston, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Miami... Cleveland, San Antonio, Dallas, and Golden State. In 10 years, in 20 spots, those are the nine teams that have made it to the last 10 NBA Finals. 
Now, the interesting thing about this <laughs> is that out of those nine teams, there's only been two that have never won an NBA championship. There are only two stars, or two MVPs, I should say, that have no rings. And there's only one guy that is talked about amongst them. Have you figured it out yet? We're referring to Dwight Howard. And yes, Kevin Durant. So yeah, Dwight Howard, I'll not forget, took Orlando to an NBA championship. Got stripped by San Antonio, but he still did it. Oklahoma City and Kevin Durant has taken David Durant has taken Oklahoma City to a finals. And they lost to that mega team down there in Miami. They had a bunch of superstars. That four-year voided window. That San Antonio and Dallas happened to bookend. So, as we were talking about the previous topic of Anthony Davis getting a pass, right? After being the number one pick and the highest paid player in the league. I'm curious now, why hasn't Kevin Durant been put to the same fire that... Dwight Howard has so far in his career. Or, let's run through it. Dirk Nowitzki, they wondered when he was going to be able to win the big one. Now, for some reason, Dirk Nowitzki didn't get called out as much as a lot of other people did. But that's because Dirk Nowitzki, for the main part, was dealing with was dealing with players like Shaq and Tim Duncan and Kobe in his, in his era and time frame. Cleveland. Now, I should mind you. Technically, Cleveland has not won a championship. LeBron James has won one, and even that he had to do in Miami, which is why I still call out LeBron James for not winning a ring. Because I'm sorry, LeBron, you had to deal you you had to team up with two top ten players just to win. You're supposed to be the guy. Everybody else is going further than you, but you. Miami has theirs. Right? Well, let's whack up. Said it, so, Dallas, and Dirk Nowitzki was talked about, right? A little bit, but not so much. San Antonio, D- Tim Duncan was winning. Tim Duncan won early, so we didn't have to worry about that. Cleveland, we're still wondering if LeBron James is ever going to win one in Cleveland. Dwayne Wade won one early in Miami with, 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 with Shaq and them, so he's never had to worry about being talked about. Kevin Durant, we still never have to say a word bad about. Unless he's just talking bad about the media. Orlando didn't get one with Dwight Howard, and L- and Dwight Howard is scrutinized and shunned and talks back about every single place he goes and is, and is and is and is looked down upon. Doesn't have the heart. Doesn't take it seriously. Doesn't want to win. But yet, all this guy ever talks about is put a team around me and give me the uses so that I can win. Because he also knows, in a league like today, when you're looking at a bunch of three pointers that are winning games. He had probably one of the ultimate three-point teams where he knew that, hey, I collapse and I do my thing down low. And when they collapse on me, 
I kick it out to three-point shooters, and they shoot threes, and that's how he made it there. Golden State is just passing the ball around the perimeter. They're not working it inside out. They're working it inside out because Stephen Curry is able to draw penetration. Stephen Curry is doing as a point guard the same way that big men do as a as as a as a center, where he's forcing collapses the defense on him so he can be kicked out to three point shooters. That's what Dwight Howard is trying to say is that you are you guys aren't utilizing me enough to take advantage of the three point shooters that are there. But yet. He's always be called as the guy that doesn't take it seriously and has, and has no heart. Or doesn't have the heart for the game. I don't even see Kevin Durant talking about really wanting to win. So what, so what I'm curious about, and was, we're going to talk, uh, talk about Boston because Paul Pierce wasn't being held to the fire. <coughs> Excuse me. But Kevin Garnett was in Minnesota. When they come to try to figure out if he's going to be able to take his team over the humps. And we already know what Kobe has done in L.A. So, what's the difference between Kevin Durant and Dwight Howard? They're both fairly lovable, you know, soft-spoken, high-character people. Why is Kevin Durant getting the pass and Dwight Howard isn't? When Kevin Durant has had way more talent surrounded him than Durant that 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 Dwight Howard has ever had, and that's included his current Houston team. Is it because Kevin Durant wasn't the number one pick and Dwight Howard was? Is that it? Because then it makes me go back to why Anthony Davis isn't being called out as a number one pick, while Dwight Howard is. But Kevin Durant gets a pass. What is it? What is it and why is it? You guys tell me. You leave a couple of comments below. We're going to figure this thing out. But for right now, we're coming to a sh the show end. And you know what? I'm going to get a quick word about this before I leave. Ronda Rousey, right? I mentioned this in the last week's show. And I even teased it a little bit. I'm not quite sure if Ronda Rousey's new vice is any better than her old vice. Right? And the reason I say that is because... Ronda Rousey said to her, said in, in an interview that the only reason that she did not commit suicide is because she was thinking about, about, about her boyfriend and having his babies. Her boyfriend and having his babies. That doesn't seem like any better reason than the reason why she go on to kill herself before that. You understand? And, and I'm going to tell you where I'm going with this really quick. The reason why she, she wanted to kill herself because she had lost technically what she thought was her whole entire life. Her whole entire life was fighting, being, an undefe being the undefeated champion. And she had, she had surrounded herself with that. In her lowest moment of grief, she thought to herself, the only reason that I am not going to, I'm not going to kill myself because my purpose, because now my purpose for living is going to be attached to this random dude that is just my boyfriend and having his babies. So what happens when he dumps you? Are you back on suicide watch? Or are you this badass, kick-ass fighter that everybody knew you to be? We'll figure that out. Thank you for listening to the Mighty Sports Minute. Once again, I do appreciate it. I am your host, Talent Taylor. You know what I say. Thank you. Stay tuned, stay blessed, and don't stress. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down, lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. Don't forget to check me out. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Everywhere. Last call for drinks. SoundCloud.
Facebook. Sun's out. Twitter. Where are we going for breakfast? My T Sports. Go far. M Y T. Rough night. Sports. Tired, baby. Tired. My T.